right, great to be great to be back again with Tyron Daniel, leader of NCMI, uh, New Covenant Ministries International Apostolic Team. We had a chance to chat the other day through just some of the ins and outs of uh, base church, what that looks like, and one of the things we touched on, which I think would be helpful to, to hear you out uh, even more on, is this thing of having a team guy in. You know, we hear that statement, and sometimes they're listed as a guest speaker or these sorts of things, and I think it would be very helpful. I know when I led, it's nice to have the clarity as to what that looks like. So. Maybe the first question in there is, who should you have in? You know, what, what would be a benefit to the church? Great, good question. Nice to see you guys again. Look, from my side again, if I always can start saying these things, by saying these things, is that there's not one, one, one way to do it all. You know, there's different cultures, different contexts, different churches, different relationships, different partnerships. And so what we're trying to do here is more give some ideas and maybe understand some of the the heart of what we do, but you've got to find what works for you. So this isn't the way, it's another way. Good. But I do think it makes sense if we understand what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do. And so it's a great question. To, again, we've seen guys do this really well, and we've seen other guys do it unhelpfully. And I think we're all trying to get better at this. And that's yeah. 40 years in, we're still learning our way and trying to find out how to do things better. But I think there is a way. There's, there's definitely an intentionality we can do. And, and pursue that will make it a more effective thing and and that's probably what this is about hosting a guy or a team person or a gift yeah it, it probably kind of, I'd rather call it teaming with the translocal because mm. when you're working together it's not we come in and do something it's we're actually on the same team working together mm. to fulfill uh, the mandate we've been given but also mm. to make the trip and the the, the the visit far more effective than just another speaker yeah. or a person in and so then in saying that, Chris, I think we've got to back up all the way and say, well, we've got to understand partnership if we're going to understand how to host uh, gifts to be more effective in our local churches. And just briefly, quickly, again, keep saying the same thing because we've got to be cultivating this culture of how we operate. Partnership, the way we operate as a team and how we see it through Scripture. And again, all, all the backings in Scripture, these are some good concepts and ideas. We really, the Word of God is our manual. Sure. And uh, we see it working like this. So for us, partnering with NCMI, if we go back to the intention of partnership, teaming with the translocal, first and foremost, we've got to see, uh, recognize that we need these gifts. Yeah. Which is a big deal if you're inviting someone in, that you actually realize you need this gift. It's not, hey, we're going to create a platform for this guy to minister or this gift to minister. No, no, we need this gift. Right. Uh, our church can't function without it. In a sense, our church can't strengthen and be equipped to who God's called us to be. If this gift's not coming in. So if we realize the need for it, gee, that, that changes a whole lot of what sure happens does. when you're hosting the person or the gift. Uh, so number one is our recognition of number one, we need these gifts. Ephesians 4 tells us these gifts exist and they're there for the church. And if you're not convinced of that, probably not helpful to get a gift in because then mm. it's more like a guest speaker yeah. to fill a pulpit or something else. Uh, so recognition of that gift and secondly, in that recognition, us as a team. It's good to have friends outside of NCMI. Absolutely, we're not exclusive by all means. But in saying that, we do believe if you call yourself in partnership with us, get some of us in. Right. NCMI team in, not exclusively, but certainly uh, this is your primary relationship. So number one, partnership uh, is, is around this thing of recognition of gifts. Number two is this thing of uh, revelation. That we, we are in agreement on a lot of the truth that we preach. If we're not in agreement, we can be friends, but we really can't partner together. So True. it's helpful to know that, especially if you're getting someone in, that you can trust that person. And what they bring in, you're going to 
kind of it's going to be similar to what you believe it will certainly be challenging that's why god brings his gifts in might be a good reminder it might cut across some of the things we're thinking but it's the same heart and intention so it's this right. we're not going to bring something new that's going to derail the church we're going to bring something that's going to build in so that thing of revelation together it was three three how do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so so agreeing on a lot of the reality of revelation that we walk together the truth our unity around faith and truth, but we are diverse in gift and grace. That's how we've always believed. Uh, thirdly, is our relationship, and that is strategic in what we do. We want to be a relational people. We are gifts that are in relationship with the church, not just guest speakers who come in, do their thing, and take off, but connected. Sure. And we want to stay in the people's houses where we can. We want to connect with your people relationally, with your leadership team. We want to build outside, not just with the lead couple, but all couples. It, it, just to be relational and have this relationship to work uh, that is key for partnership to work um, and then also obviously the resources and uh, together using what we've got for the kingdom that's part of this thing this reward together taking responsibility of the mandate to equip the saints but also to go to the nations getting the gospel out there and then celebrating the reward and this is part of a reward is in a sense when you partner with us when you get gifts in they're going to bring something of the breakthrough or the maturing or something that's going to happen in the church that's needed. So again, quickly in a nutshell, if we don't understand partnership, then we'll never understand and be effective in hosting a gift in our local church. And so I think that's coming back to that. So that's the strategic nature of what we Makes do. Sense. But in it, if we understand that, then I think we begin to be more effective in setting up the time in that. And so uh, hosting these gifts, getting these gifts in, they're not guest speakers, how do we host them? Those are a lot of questions we can chat through here. Yeah. But I do think it's got to come back to this understanding of what partnership is about. And it's two ways, all in both sides, for these things to work. Absolutely. I mean, I think the, that, that revelation of the necessity, right. I can't do this alone, we weren't meant to do this alone. You know, even in the life of a church, you could have people who are gifted in those ways, but it's different when they come in from the Absolutely. outside, as we see biblically. So with that, you know, the thing of choosing the right gift and the timing, the fivefold. Uh, is there a timing to which is best to bring a certain gift in? Right. Again, a big question and with a big answer. But I do want to just say it's actually up to the elders of that local church to, I believe, hear God for the season mm. they're in. Yeah. Um, it's great to get perspective from one of us, perhaps, in who we would suggest. But I, as part of governing the local church is knowing what gifts we need in the mm. local church for the season. Mm. Not necessarily that we're just in. Yeah. Because a lot of guys are in reaction, but if, you, if you've been led by the Spirit in Revelation, it's where we're headed and what we need for our future, what needs to be laid into the foundation. So it's not just reading the now, it's reading where we're headed to. And so good. I do encourage leaders and elders certainly to be hearing God for who they get in, what gift they need. And then again, like you said, you know, most of us will choose the gifts we like because we are those gifts. <laughs> That's just how the human nature, and that's what it is. Like we get like, we all hang with the gift we like. And so unfortunately, the downside of that is we always get in the same gift, the same person, the same. And I think we've got to think outside. There's five gifts given by Christ for the church. And we need all five. And we need to read the season of where we're in, not what we like. What's God saying? What's God doing? What's going to add to what we're doing rather than what's just going to confirm what we're doing? And so... It's, a, it's hard to answer this is how, yeah. but I do believe you've got to be praying, seeking counsel, making sure you're getting the gift that's going to help uh, be what God's called you to be in your season. And also understand, 
we can bring gifts, like uh, we bring something to the church that does confirm what you're saying, but in a different way. And that gives people the ability to say, yeah, it's not just our leadership, God's speaking to us. And that's a lot of what this translocal team does is confirm the things God's already saying, which really gives the leaders credibility in the church, which is helpful. Um, in saying that also, Chris, I think it's important that you can be whatever you're trying to be to your local church. But elders, generally, if you're honest, you ask your people, they will see you as a pastor or an elder yeah. in the church. And so it's not who we claim to be, it's how people receive us. Sure. So even if you, let's say, carry a gift of evangelism, and maybe you're in Ephesians 4 evangelists leading a local church, outside of your church, in other congregations and churches, you're seen as an evangelist. But your people see you as their pastor, as a pastor, which is great. But therefore, you do need to get evangelists in to release some of that gifting in your local church so i don't want to just say get all the gifts that are not like you get your similar gift too because people can't receive you as that gift that's right they will receive the gift coming in as the gift and that's important because a lot of guys say well we got the five in our church we don't need anyone else which sounds awesome yeah i wish that was true but actually you need these gifts to be translocal coming in right. and if you do have all five with all due respect you should be sending those gifts out yeah. to go and help other churches and be received. And so, again, be careful how you go about this. But I do want to just come back to say, hearing God, if you're not able to do that or you need a backup perspective, call one of the team guys and just say, hey, we feel like we need this kind of person, this gifting. Do you have a suggestion? And I think the more you build relationally with this team, the more you can pick for yourself who you see those guys are or those people are. And so you can begin to kind of build with that team and pick and choose as you need for the future God has. So, in saying that, I also think I wouldn't have someone in more than three or four times a year. And I'm mm. not saying the same person. I'm saying all gifts. Now, again, okay. it's different when you plant, when you plant a local church and when it's new. If different seasons, and I understand that. But I wouldn't have more than three or four a year. That, that's mm. my person. Certainly by invitation and strategy. If guys are in town or someone's in town and they're around and they are they're available to preach that's different but i'm saying when you're being strategic about choosing these gifts and how many you get in if you're serious about them leaving a deposit and helping you in the foundation laying and becoming who you're supposed to be and in maturing you can't have too much of that because then you become guest speakers right but when you have someone in who three or four times a year and you have different gifts then you want to build around that and you want to implement and you want to unpack what's been taught. And, mm. and so that's why I think more than three or four times, probably a little too much okay. in being strategic, but have the gifts in when they're around, but don't just have a new guy in every week. I mean, this is not a guest speaker by any means. <laughs> we want to be builders, not blessers. And that's kind of how this thing works. All right, Ty. So we were talking about having a team guy in kind of who to pick and how it works. And I think one of the key things in, in leading the church is once the guys come in, what do you do with it? Because, you know, there's a tendency to say, that was great, thanks for the input, but I know there's more to it than that. Can you kind of talk through what you do after that? Yeah, so I see what you've done, Chris. And you are now jumping to the end. I'm going to miss the middle, and God willing, we'll come back to the back middle, because that's probably some important truth. But it, it's a good truth. It's a good question. I think, uh, again, if we understand partnership and understand the reason for the gathering and bringing the team guy in or the team person in, then you'll also realize that it's not just back to business as normal. It's mm. You've got to understand that as best as we can as a team, and I've asked my team to keep doing this, is that we've done our best to hear God. We're not just bringing our latest and greatest revelation. We 
not just bring in something that's going to blow your socks off. It's actually, we've processed, we've prayed, we've fasted, mm. done our utmost to hear God for the context, for your church, for your proceeding future, where you're headed and all that. And so when we come, maybe because it's not new truth or maybe it's a reminder or we make no apologies for that. But we do want to let you know that we've done our best to hear God. And so all that we're offloading, all that we're preaching and sharing, we believe we've heard God and we've done our best to hear God. And to be faithful with what God says is to, to process it and ask some of the questions. What did God say and what must we do? Yeah. And if yeah. it's to keep going, then that's great. If it's to adjust, which I just want to suggest that the majority of input that God does bring is that we need to adjust some things. We sure. all kind of get focused on our thing or the thing. And then when we get someone in who's just challenging by another way of seeing it, suddenly, oh, yeah, we've missed the point. Or maybe we've focused on the wrong the big picture, the king and the kingdom comes back again. And, and so there is always generally a shifting, maybe it's just heart or intention. Um, but if you just stand up and say, great preach, thank you very much. Good truth, go listen to it online, but we're going to carry on with our series next week. In my opinion, it's a little bit disheartening because yeah. you're telling people great truth, but we're going to get back to what we really believe God's saying. Mm. And, and maybe you're not saying it, but it is what's coming across. So my, my perspective, that's why three or four times a year is all you want guys to come in and and then in doing that, you can then process together what God has said and bring your elders together after that time. If you have an eldership team or a leadership team and sit down and chew through what has God said? What do you believe God's saying? How are we going to adjust? Is there anything we need to, again, not, not to point fingers at, but to help us be more effective. That's what these gifts are given, to help equip the saints for ministry, but ultimately to mature people and bring them to, to maturity. Sure. And so that's why we've got to process these things and make sure maybe there's a, a shift. Maybe God's highlighted something that maybe says, let's pause our series for a moment and let's re-preach or take, mm. a, 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 let's take um, some of these points and, and maybe for the next few weeks, just re-massage them into the people, into the ministry, into the life, into the foundation of our churches. Yeah. Uh, maybe what's the adjustment? What's God saying? What must we do? Because whenever God speaks, there's a reason and it's that we were going to do something. So I think we can do a lot better in that. Um, maybe make some effort to just get some people to, in the local church, in your church, to give some feedback publicly the next week. Or what has God said? What do you feel? How was that helpful? It's just helping people understand. Not a guest speaker, not a tag on, not an add on, not just a, a continuance in your series. But actually these gifts have come in for God to speak into our lives. Regardless of the gift, not just the prophet. Uh, right. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. All five gifts are given by Christ for the church. So whichever gift you're getting in, can I suggest they're doing their best to hear God. And you've got to be faithful in hearing God and maybe working it out, saying, what did God say? And so, yeah, it's not just business as usual, great preach, let's carry on. Yeah, It's really filtering through the things God said personally and the things He wants us to do corporately, publicly, and how we can adjust and how we need to massage these truths in again and again. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys even take what's been taught and give it out to the connect groups. Yeah. And have those guys kind of talk through it, chew right. through it, so people can take it to a deeper level. Um, and I have to confess, there's been times I felt like you've given me my next series. Yeah. And now I have an event, awesome, that kind of right? thing. But it is amazing because you'll take it and break it down because you guys only have the limited time you're there. Mm. We can take those points and break them down and really let the church get a hold of the truth in a deeper way. Yeah. Uh, plus, it gives me, a, you know, Saturday night a little easier. <laughs> but uh, but so, it is that. And I mean, honestly, can I just say, personally, that nothing blesses me more than to hear someone say, 
we're going to take this and we're going to massage it and look at it and re-preach it. And it blesses us to know mm. it's not just a waste, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, I think that's true partnership. That's understanding. As you would who preach, love your people to take it and actually live it out. In the same sense, we would like that. And it's not about us, but it just makes it worthwhile. We don't feel like we've just fulfilled or filled the pulpit for a Sunday or given a guy mm. a break. We've actually... Yeah. We build them, man. We want to, we, we love the blessing part of what we do, but we, we really focus on the building. Yeah. And to build means you've got to keep laying stuff and you've got to make sure that what God's saying is being massaged into your local church. Um, even some of the team guys, you know, they which I love. Um, you know, I've preached stuff obviously in our team meetings or even in some of the churches that are in partnership with us, and some of those team guys have literally taken their truth. Those truths almost verbatim, which is great, because it's from the Bible anyway. But yeah. but brought it and preached it in the churches we were leading, and uh, and and it was like my, the message I gave them. They can now preach it back in our church, and amazing how many of the people in our church would come and say, "Gee, this is great. When are you going to start preaching this?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "Gee, if you just knew, I gave that guy that." And by the way, if you just look at our website, we have been preaching this. But it's just it's God's way of, I guess, keeping us humble, but also. Uh, reiterating through different perspectives mm. and not just familiar voices and, and re, re-highlighting the truth that is necessary and needed where all people get it. And so again, it's just, it's you don't have to do this, but to be honest, then what's the point of having these gifts? And yeah. you're never going to benefit fully in the teaming with a translocal if it's just back to business, back to usual, oh, we know this stuff. Well, you might know it. You probably do know it. Your people probably know it. But the question is, are we doing it? Mm. And that is a big difference. Knowing and doing is not the same. It's true. Yeah. Well, just so you don't have a grudge, we'll go back to the, the middle of it. But it, it is helpful. I mean, as a guy is coming in, um, what would you just your perspective be on kind of how do we get the church ready and, and uh, what kind of meetings do you recommend? I mean, the idea of just the Sunday pop-in, if that's all that's available, I, I get. But I know there's more opportunity for leaders meetings, that kind of thing. So... Kind of what would you say would be the ideal setup for a team guy? Right, through? yeah. So, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all as we want to keep telling you. But in saying that, you want to utilize the time. Again, yeah. if you're doing this three or four times a year, and you want to make it a strategic week, weekend or week, however long the person's coming. Yeah. And you want to utilize their gifting and their, the, the relational side of what we're doing and, and everything else. If you just have a guy in town and he's there, a gift, and you're going to use it, that's fine. But if you bring in these gifts in specifically, some suggestions, maybe guidelines to say, hey, make it more effective is, maybe can I suggest you put all your other meetings on pause for that week? You don't keep having all these other meetings around the meeting. Why don't you bring some of those meetings together and give an opportunity for the gift to, to be able to minister in different capacities rather than just on your main meeting like on a Sunday or wherever you are in the world, what night, what day you meet. Um, so the suggestion would be that you kind of make a big deal long before you kind of equip your people and get them ready and uh, make an effort to be at all that. Let them know it's that important that we're not going to have this meeting and that meeting that we usually have. We're going to combine it all together and ask you to be at these things that we're going to be doing. Uh, prepare people, not just, hey, next week we're having weeks and months out. Just getting people be aware, let them know, bring people, get their hearts ready, be an expectant for what it is God's wanting to do. Again, it's not about a gift, it's about what God's doing, but it's what He wants to bring through the gift. So we're not elevating the gift, we're just saying you can utilize this way better if you prepare your people for it. I think also, um, my suggestion is if we're going to be building relationally, try and have them connect, not just with all your people, but connect with your leadership team together with you. 
if you have an eldership team, I think it's helpful to sit, have just a time with your elders where maybe some teaching or maybe some questions or a bit of both, but building relationally and catching the heart together. Not just the lead couple, but all the elders and leaders together. Some way make create a, a, a forum for that. I think also with your deacons, if you have a deacons and elders team, get the deacons together with this team couple or guy, whatever, and let them minister and just share stuff, whether, whether it's some stuff you're feeling specifically, asking them to cover, or maybe just even better, letting them bring what they feel God has, or a bit of both. Um, and I do think questions and answers are always helpful, because then people I feel like they have the freedom to speak rather than just get another lecture. So those yeah. are helpful times. I think individual times, maybe whatever the need is in the church, but certainly creating space for this, the gift to not just show up on Sunday, preach and leave. Getting an opportunity. Yeah. I also want to encourage you, if you're based in a region, to invite others. You know, I know mm. that we do want to come in sometimes just for their local church, and that's the invitation. But you also want to be able to spread it and, and utilize the other churches in the region. And can I suggest maybe not even partnering churches? We we're not coming to sell a, 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 a ministry or sell a model. We're coming to preach the kingdom. Yeah, true. And so maybe if there's an in-house thing, that's fine. But it would be great to open it up to some of your friends to connect with them. Uh, certainly other pioneering churches invite them and say we got this guy in town or this gift in town if you guys want to come in not to the Sunday but to something else yeah um, would always be helpful we want to serve for the benefit of others too so utilize the gift utilize the timing uh, be very strategic in what you're wanting to happen and what you're hoping to happen and then obviously allow God in it to mess it up but have a, have a plan let the person who you're inviting in know what you're planning Ask for a perspective in it. And again, not a permission. We want to come serve the local churches. We're not going to tell you what to do, but we also have some ideas on how we can be more helpful if we yeah. just communicate way before. Be praying into it as elders and leaders. Pray for the time. Pray before. How about fasting a little, praying or getting mm -hmm. together, praying for what God wants to do. Talk about a partnership. Talk about um, why we bring these gifts in from Scripture. And prepare your people weeks before. So when they come, people are receptive and open. Yeah. To be honest, a lot of times when we travel and go minister, people are so resistant because they don't even know what we're about. If, it's true. But it would be awesome, especially in partnering churches, where people are open and ready to receive because they've been equipped and challenged and trained from Scripture and are ready and expectant rather than hesitant and backing off. And it spends like the whole weekend trying to build a platform before you can minister. Right. It'd be great to arrive where there's a platform being developed and we can just be able to kind of deposit something of what God has. Now again, these are the ideals. We do live in the real, but I think if we if we try to be a little more practical and intentional, yeah, and we really make it some of our focus over the year and outlay, outlay the vision and those things, I think we can be far more effective and that's what we want, effectivity. We're going to be far more effective in our togetherness and in our trips and gatherings. So those are some of the things I think we should we should maybe consider, pray about, and certainly implement and keep communicating through yeah. as we go about. That's kind of before that, that trip. And yeah, no, and I can see how that, even in your talking, will build the faith of the people, yeah. the expectancy and the receptivity. And to be honest, you know, we have people who are really connected in the church and they get it. And there's yeah. many who have no idea. Right. So that buildup will help the whole church get involved rather than no matter how much you say this is not a guest speaker, that's their that's understanding. Right. So, um, one thing with it too, having a team guy in, what should the meeting, let's say the Sunday meeting, because it typically is the, the majority of people coming, yeah. what should the meeting look like to give the, the most room for what God wants to do? Again, it's a great question. 
it's got many implications on how I answer sure. it. But I do think, again, it's not about us promoting our thing. It's about us being effective in your invitation. Yeah. So actually, it should come from you, not about us. And for that to happen, I think it can't be just a not regular meeting. Yeah. I mean, no meeting should be regular. I understand that. But sometimes just another Sunday, but we got this guy, this team person in. When I say guys, not guys only. It's girls too on this team. But but we've got this team person in. So we're just going to carry on, but they're going to be the ones who are preaching. And and I think honestly, to be honest, that's incredibly dishonoring to the gift and for what God's trying to do. Yeah. That's why you can't do this every weekend, but you should be able to say, okay, we're going to just cut some of the normal things we would do on a normal Sunday, whatever they be. We're just going to cut them shorter and give as much opportunity to this person who's play, paid their own way, who's given time and pretty much probably funding it themselves. That's kind of how we operate. We've played our way. We've come. We want to bring something to help you. And now we're going to be told you've got 10 minutes to land the meeting or... We're going to do all our stuff, and then when there's any time left over, look, I understand musicians are like, we want to practice our songs. Well, just cut the song short. I, I can't be too prescriptive here, but when I led the local churches we've led, before I was the team leader, even as the team leader, we would do two songs. Now, people say, oh, that's too, too little. No, no, it's a different weekend. We did two songs, and not because we needed people to get in the mood. We wanted to honor God in it and make sure... That this is not just a gathering of saints, this is an encountering with God. We still sure. can have that. Two songs, very few uh, announcements. Yeah. We don't need people to get up and give all their revelation out there. And also, we don't need people to uh, have all people give feedback about what's happening in the church. And then, I mean, those are good things. But we're there for a limited time. If you're going to give us all day to preach, then go ahead. But if, you, <laughs> if we're going to stick to the time limits, which makes sense, I understand. I mean, guys, I'm just sharing hearts. Yeah, it's good. But, but um, a couple of songs... Get the gift up there as soon as possible. And again, if there is moments afterwards to sing and worship, then by all means, they, get, they give, the, give the opportunity for that. But, but rather than give us a few moments at the end to kind of offload and, 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 uh, and preach and minister, because we always believe God wants to show up and do stuff, we limited because of the limiting times. And I'll just mm. be honest, I've been in a lot of times where I've been invited in, and I'm sitting there, and, and I mean, I love that the Holy Spirit's doing stuff, and I love we trying to get things going at, but we're just pushing it out where literally I'm just, I can't preach on that, I can't preach on that. By the time you get up, you're so overwhelmed by trying to honor the time and understand what God's given you. It's just, we could do it better if we just limited and we'd be a little more strategic in it. Yeah, makes sense. It's not a normal Sunday. It's not a normal weekend. We've said that. We've prepared the people for that. couple of songs. Put the team guy, person up. Let them minister. Uh, can I also just say, as a, as a pet peeve perhaps, <laughs> is that people say we're going to cut worship this morning because we've got Tyre in here. And I want to say, no, 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 that's the most insulting thing. I know the heart, but we're telling people we stop worshiping so Tyre can preach. That's not what we should be saying because yeah. actually worshiping is everything we do for the glory of God. So maybe sure. you can say we're going to shut, we're going to, we're going to uh, uh, shorten the singing part of our worship this morning, but we're going to worship in other ways like hearing the word of god together because it's all worship but just again it's a silly illustration but it's real yeah and we're not asking you to cut worship short we're asking you to cut the singing part of our worship time together shorter so we can have an opportunity to minister at another place of worship and allow time for god to uh, uh, back up a lot of what he's saying and also for us to massage truth and not rush through uh again i think those are helpful things yeah Absolutely, and you can see how it uh, affords the time and the faith for what God wants to do. Yeah. 
I think this is a obviously without being prescriptive, what would you say would be a, a helpful amount of time to, to leave available? Because guys have an hour, sometimes an hour and a half for the meeting itself. Again, it's a tough one. I know. It is a tough one. I think the most time, the more time you can give, the better. That's the. I would say give the whole meeting, do one or two songs. I mean, I'd say an hour. But I, again, you can't prescribe that if your meeting's sure. forty minutes. Uh, so it's very difficult. But all I would suggest is honestly, rather give more time, ample time. And if the ministry's over, you can get up and have some worship, singing together. Rather allow that for the end uh, and just as quick as you can put someone up. So it's hard to say how long. And I understand a lot of people say, well, a lot of people can't preach that long or can't preach for an hour. That may be true, but you're not just talking about preaching. We're talking about ministry. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're going to tell a guy, please come and minister and preach and set direction and help us, you're just going to have to give some time for that to happen. You know? And again, these are not commands. They're simple truths to say, actually... Sure. You will benefit more if you make space for it. And your people will. And we think, ah, oh, people can't cope. They actually will cope. And they would probably be strengthened, encouraged, which is the call of this team, and be equipped and be enlarged, as in matured, if you just give that moment and make space for it. So again, ideas, some thoughts around it. Not that we need more space so we can do our thing. It's just so we can be more effective together. And actually we can see this real partnership working the way we see God intends. And you just got to remember, Paul would preach all night. Yeah, guys falling out of windows. Guys falling out of windows, <laughs> raising the dead. Again, not, not that we're asking for an all-night preach, but we understand context, we understand culture. Yeah. We are from all different contexts and cultures, and everyone operates differently. I understand that. We're just asking you if you're going to get these team guys in, these gifts in, and you're going to, and they're not just a tag on or an add-on, but you're serious about this, and maybe we can utilize the time better and give as much time as possible without offending your musicians and offending the way that you usually do church, just for these moments, it would be far more beneficial to get them up, give them opportunity. And as I said, if they land long before the time's over, get up and do whatever it is you want to do. But there's generally a response from what the truth we bring. Should be, yeah. And if we're not able to do that, or if we have to rush through that, it's kind of, I don't know, I just find it offending to the Father hmm. if we're asking Him to do His thing. Which I know we can do shorter, we should preach shorter. Just, I think we can do better if we just... Make as much space and opportunity three or four times a year. I'm not sure like that's too much for a church that's meeting many, many times during the year. So. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's not making time for the preach. It is making time for ministry or whatever God wants to right. do, for sure. Exactly. Absolutely. Having had guys through, that was the case. We right. give them the gap. And typically, they didn't preach the whole time. It was time for prayer. Some, of us. Some yeah, sometimes you had to, you know, red light in the back. But <laughs> just speaking in the, in the ongoing aspect of partnership. Um, I think for guys leading churches, sometimes it's, it's not clear because maybe they haven't had the opportunity or been around it long. How do you work this partnership thing? I mean, how would a, the apostolic team, say, speak into the life of the church? You said before, doctrine, discipline, direction are kind of the areas, but what would that look like kind of in a practical sense? And that's a big question, but maybe just a couple pieces. Sure. So again, I think if you understand the differences, the gifts that you have access to that are on this team, and I'm 500 plus at this yeah. stage, and again, it's not about numbers, but there's this global team that operates all over the world, not just in their regions, but literally all over the world. So you have access to all those gifts. But our suggestion is in partnership that you also connect with a handful, maybe two or three guys, one or two, I don't know, it depends on how you, where you're at. I don't think it's viable or reality to have more than three or four. Yeah. Where you have direct, you have access to, where you're talking to 
about specific things in your church, like ordinations of elders, uh, where you're talking about financial decisions you're making, where you're talking about uh, vision stuff, doctrine, discipline, direction. Those, those things, they're not, and again, all that we've said today, please understand, we are invited. We understand right. that elders are the highest human governing authority in the church. We believe that. We honor that. It's invitational. We will never come in and command and demand. Right. And that's why even all that we're saying here is a suggestion, but it's more than, hey, think about this. This is true partnership. Yeah. But we would never come and take over, never dishonor, never have our trust. It's always to honor what God's doing and honor the local church. We love the local church and we want to operate with the local church, through the local church. So we will honor that and have done that. So everything's invited. You can stand up when I'm preaching and say I disagree. You have the right to do that. If it's biblical, you've got a problem with God, not me. But I really do. I'm not pushing my thing and I'm causing, causing we're not trying to cause controversy. We're actually trying to equip people and challenge people through those scriptures because it's challenging to us yeah. as it is to others. So the, the point in, in why I'm saying all that is it's invitational. It's good. And uh, even so, the, the imp so go back to this, having two, three, maybe four guys, four t uh, people that you recognize perhaps that are on this team that are gifts, but more than gifts, they speak specifically into the life of your church. There you should have access to those guys, chatting regularly to them. Again, not asking for permission, permission but perspective that's outside from your local church. Uh, that is how we operate, that we believe is helpful, that's how we need to be operating. Um, and you have access for that. And even those guys, those people you're talking to, can change. You could just say for a season, these are the people we're going to talk to. And it's not just the lead guy, I think the elders should have access to those people too. Not to bring controversy, but to bring unity. Yeah. And just an outside perspective, which is so helpful. I mean, I lead this team, NCMI. And even when I was leading local churches as the leader of NCMI, I'd get other guys to speak into the context, even though I had team guys on my leadership team, on my eldership. We could have just done it without. We would always get outside perspective from team people Smart. who yeah. we would say, hey, we recognize your gift, but more than that, we'd like you to speak into our church. And mm. can I also just say, to be real, those people should be, be nearby rather than on the other side of the world who know nothing of what's happening in the church. They don't have to be people close by, but they've got to be people who... Know what's happening in your church. Know something of what you're involved in. Kind of the budget that you're involved in, that you carry. Your mission. And people know who you're talking about when you say, I reference these people. Uh, it just makes it far more uh, protective for your people and for you when you have, they've seen these people and they're around. And so again, that's probably a better way to go about it than just every gift you comes in gives you a perspective. Then you're going to get 500 perspectives. And sure. that's not helpful. So I'm not saying those gifts shouldn't speak into things, but I wouldn't go to the whole team on specific things that we're involved in. Sure. It just makes no sense. So there's a difference um, to having any access to anyone, bringing them in to come and off, kind of minister and bring their gifting. Do that, but be, be, be selective in who you're asking and not your friends, people who know your church, who are committed to it, and who are able to speak into it and help you make some of those wise decisions. Yeah, and I know it was extremely helpful for me from the thing of ordination, uh, looking at these people, getting perspective. When you're there, right. say, hey, we were praying about these guys, and would you just have a meal with them? Right. Those kind of outside perspectives help, because when you're in it, you're in it. You, you get that tunnel vision. Right. And I know also for even things like uh, setting salary, yeah. so that it's not uh, all you right. and no accusations. It just it keeps you free. Exactly. To me, the more accountability, the more freedom. Absolutely. Comes. Absolutely. And, um, so, yeah, I, I think in all of those things, it's absolutely helpful. Yeah. So, um, well, great, man. It's been great to have you. We'll 
look forward to jumping back into some things over these days, and yeah. hopefully this is helpful to all of you out there, and uh, we just trust you're carrying on with the things of God. Absolutely. And from our side, we love partnership, can't function without it. We believe we need it. We believe every local church needs it. And again, if not with us, it's got to be with someone. And uh, I think we can just do better in our partnership. And that's all we're talking about. Not, not X to grind, no point to prove. Just yeah. as we go forward, we want to be more effective in all that we say and all that we do. And this is just another way of working it through how we can be more effective. Yeah. So. Hopefully it liberates rather than restricts. We're not here to restrict. We're not here to command and tell you what to do. We're simply saying, let's be better at this as we keep on advancing and going forward. So God bless you. Appreciate the partnership. Thanks, Chris. Pleasure. And we'll see you again soon. God bless. Take care. Take my life.